Hello and welcome to Cherry Beckert's podcast for real estate and construction, where we discuss developing trends and market dynamics, as well as tax and accounting tips that can impact your business. We are very excited to kick off our second six part series on the Opportunity Zone regulations, which will provide clarification and insight into the final regs. Our second series will specifically address fund level topics. Our first series focused on OZ investor incentives and provides insight on key topics that investors need to know. Please visit the OZ, OZ page on the Cherry Beckert website, that's cbh.com, select OZ Thought Leadership, and click on the podcast series for investors part one to learn more if you need a quick primer or refresher. I'm Polly Hoja, a senior manager in our Washington, D.C. practice. Over the past couple of years since the rollout of the regulations, I've been working with clients as they start up their Opportunity Zone projects. I'm here today with one of our partners, Rick Schneider. Thanks for joining us today, Rick. Say hi. Thank you. Hi, Rick Schneider here, and I'm a tax partner in our Washington, D.C. practice. I am also the leader of our Opportunity Zone Task Force. The task force purpose has been to really educate investors and fund operators, provide thought leadership, and help develop services and, and work with clients as they all look to take advantage of the rules that came out back in 2018, as well as the final regulations that finally came out a year ago. We had, as Polly mentioned, a, an investor series that we ran last March. The key principles that came out of that investor series was really the three main benefits to investors. First being the deferral of capital gains as they roll funds into a qualified opportunity fund or a QAF. The second is the ability to reduce some of that gain depending on how long they've held that investment prior to December 31, 2026. Uh, at which point they pay the remaining tax so they can reduce that tax depending on how long they've held it. And in addition, the real big benefit is obviously the permanent elimination of tax on the ultimate gain from the sale of their investments in the QAF. So, Polly, why don't you explain to folks what is a QAF? Absolutely. And um just to give everyone a kind of a high level overview of what we're going to be talking about uh, during this particular episode. First, we're going to talk about what is a QAF or Qualified Opportunity Fund. Second, we'll talk about what is a Qualified Opportunity Zone Business or QOZB, and you'll hear that acronym used quite a few times for the next seven to 10 minutes or so. Next, Rick will talk about some of the relief provisions provided by the IRS due to the COVID pandemic. And then we'll give you a quick overview of the rest of the episodes in this series led by real estate professionals and experts from across the firm. So to go back to what you were asking, Rick, what is a QAF? Well, a QAF is an investment vehicle organized either as a taxable corporation or partnership, specifically for the purposes of investing in qualified opportunities on property. This particular type of investment vehicle spe specializes 
and aggregating private investments and deploying that capital into an opportunity zone. The fund must satisfy certain requirements in order to be considered a QAF. Uh, it must be organized in one of the 50 states, Washington, D.C., or U.S. possessions. The QAF must hold at least 90% of its assets in QOZ property. And this asset test is computed by taking the average assets held uh, on the QAF's two testing periods during the tax year. The QAF's organizing documents must include a statement that the organization's purpose is to invest in QOZ property and include a description of the QOZB or potentially multiple QOZBs that it expects to engage in. So I'd like to provide some more clarification on what QOZ property consists of. So it consists of three types of property. The first two types are either stock in a domestic corporation or a capital or profits interest in a domestic partnership. Both must be acquired after December 31st, 2017 upon original issuance and must be received in exchange for cash. The partnership or corporation must be running a qualified opportunity zone business. So those are the first two types. Now, the third type of property is QOZ business property, which consists of tangible property used in a trade or business. It must be acquired after December 31st, 2017, and its original use must commence with the fund or the asset must be substantially improved. In episode two of this series, you'll hear Shannon and Mark further discuss the substantial improvement rules. And I would like to point out um, that substantially all of the tangible property, which in this case means 70%, uh, must be used within an opportunity zone. And the final requirement um, is that the, the fund must self-certify that it meets all of these requirements to be a QOF. The self-certification consists of a completion and submission of IRS form 8996, which is filed with the organization's timely filed federal tax return, including any extensions. So I mentioned QOZB, Qualified Opportunity Zone uh, Business, a couple times at this point. So Rick, do you wanna provide some insight on QOZBs? Absolutely, thank you. So QOZBs are basically uh, trader businesses that meet basically five requirements. They have five tests. The first of which is that at least 70% of the tangible property owned or leased by the business is QOZ business property. Second test is again, at least 50% of its total gross income is derived from the active conduct of a business. Now, the IRS gave some rules in terms of how you measure that, uh, and they've given sort of three sort of safe harbors, one based on employee hours to measure that, the second based on employee wages, and the third based on um, revenue generated from the tangible property of the business. And again, both in and all of these tests are based on inside and outside the an opportunity zone. Um, so 
we've got guidance and flexibility in dealing with the gross income test. The third test really gets into the use of intangible property. And again, a substantial portion or at least 40% of intangible property needs to be used in the active conduct of the business. The fourth test deals with what's called non-qualified financial property. So non-qualified basically financial property is anything other than what we've talked about in terms of the qualified property. Um, but let the non-financial needs to be less than 5% of the total assets of the QOZB. Now, for purposes of that test, you also would exclude anything that's considered to be working capital that meets the working capital safe harbor. Again, this is the fifth test. So within the working capital safe harbor, basically the money needs to be held and used to create the business and subject to a written plan of deployment of that capital into the business over a 31 month period. Should additional funds also be raised to again create the business, potentially another 31 month period can tack, be tacked on. So potentially up to 62 months uh, to deploy money to create the business. So again, this really provides advantages for developers, for example, due to unforeseen circumstances, delayed uh, approvals from government agencies, uh, et cetera, that could occur. This gives them latitude and flexibility in order to meet uh, those timelines. And one other requirement to the business, they cannot be operating a what's called SIN business. Uh, and SIN business for this purposes is essentially uh, a golf course operation, a country club, massage parlors, hot tub facilities, racetrack, or any facility used in gambling. So those are the SIN businesses which you cannot operate. So more details will be discussed about qualified opportunity zone businesses or QZBs in our third and fourth series of this of this uh, podcast, led by Daniel Metzel, Greg Davis, Mike Elliott, and Russ Nash. So the next thing I wanted to chat about very quickly is some additional relief provisions that the IRS has provided. Uh, with regard to opportunity funds as a, as a consequence of the COVID pandemic. So the first of which, and there's four of them, the first of which is really for QAFs, they provided them an additional 12 month period for reinvesting any proceeds from the sale of qualified opportunity zone property into other qualified opportunity zone property. Now the normal rules, provide that a QAF has up to 12 months. So this relief provision now gives QAFs up to 24 months to reinvest. The second provision they gave was with regard to that 90% investment standard that Polly had talked about. So they've temporarily relaxed that period, that test uh, in regard to any semi-annual testing date falling from April 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020. And again, due to the fact of the COVID pandemic. The third provision they provided relief on is with regard to the substantial improvement rule for the tangible property 
owned by a Qualf or a QZB. Uh, normal rules is that you have 30 months in which to make those substantial improvements, but they've temporarily suspended that 30-month period uh, for the period beginning April 1, 2020 through December 31, 2020. So giving them additional time in which to satisfy that 30-month substantial improvement effort. The fourth provision and final one that they gave was an additional time period with regards to the working capital safe harbor that I mentioned. Uh, they've given an additional 24-month uh, extension with regard to businesses to deploy their working capital into the business. So where I mentioned it was 31 month plus maybe another 31 months, they now have up to uh, 86 months in which to deploy capital uh, into the business. So these are substantial and, and uh, certainly welcome relief by many who are trying to uh, take advantage of the the fund rules as and uh, invest in these economically depressed areas around the country. So, Polly, maybe give everybody a quick recap. Sure thing. So today we've covered really the, at a high level three things. What is a qualified opportunity fund or QAF? What is a Qualified Opportunity Zone Business, or QOZB? And Rick provided an overview of the relief provisions provided by the IRS due to the COVID pandemic. Please make sure to listen to the additional episodes in this series and hear our experts take a deeper dive into some of these topics and into the regulations. In episode two, we'll cover fund level real estate specific topics in episode three, we'll go into detail on operating and establishing a QOZB. In episode four, we'll explain the tests required for operating a QOZB. Episode five will provide insight on how to optimize alternative capital sources. And we'll wrap up the series with a panel discussion on the pitfalls and opportunities in structuring a fund. So that's a wrap. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to tune in to the rest of the episodes in our Fund Level Oz series. We look forward to having you join us again. In the meantime, if you have any questions or need further information, please visit us at cbh.com and enjoy your day. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Polly. Stop recording.